Shadowcast, episode 35, an introduction to House of Horror magazine, the Bloody Valentine issue. House of Horror magazine features dark fiction and horror, but that's not all. You'll also find a great selection of poetry, news, interviews, and anything else the editors feel is pertinent in the dark fiction world. Just recently, they released the first ever print edition of the magazine. It and many other titles are available from PanicPress.org. S.E. Cox is the senior editor for House of Horror as well as Panic Press. She has also been writing for 10 years and has published several novels of her own. She lives in West Midlands, UK with her two children and the voices in her head. The House of Horror Story of the Month is Red Roses and Chocolates by Stephen W. Roberts. Stephen is the co-author of both the Abandoned series and the forthcoming release from Panic Press, Sins and Tragedies. He's been steadily making a name for himself amidst the underground and social networking scene. With many a ragmag publication under his belt, inch by inch, word by word, he climbs the ladder to literary success. Stephen currently resides in the Baltimore area of his beloved Maryland, amongst his loving and supportive family, where he is currently writing his debut novel, Stucco, and is simply taking life by the bay one day at a time. Red Roses and Chocolates by Stephen W. Roberts For this was St. Valentine's Day, when every bird cometh there to choose his mate. Geoffrey Chaucer February 14th, last year This is to be the best damn Valentine's Day ever, Irwin chuckled, pleased with the roses and chocolates he'd selected for his girlfriend. He'd been seeing Leslie now for a couple of months, and this was the first appropriate time he'd been able to splurge on her for a holiday. If there were two things that Irwin loved, it would be women and spending money on them. This also made Valentine's Day high priority, as it gave every excuse for any woman he so chose to woo to calmly concede to his every desire. The dry chill of winter seemed to hang over the day with a certain ominous glow that stood as a certain sweet irony for such a sweet day. Irwin slowly made his way across the minefield that was the ice-patch-laden parking lot. He fumbled with his keys as to have them ready as soon as he approached his forest-green luxury sedan. They say that geniuses pick green and high rollers pick luxury, which were the two things Irwin fancied himself most. Irwin sat the presence in the passenger seat as he situated himself in preparation for a rather long drive across town. Any other night, girl or dinner date would be put off for the impending weather. But this date, and this girl was well worth it. Snow or no snow, he would make his move tonight. Irwin parked his car along the street just outside Leslie's house. The snow had already started coming down, though it was more of a light dusting than anything too serious. Irwin stepped out onto the icy curb, suddenly slipping as he reached back into the car for Leslie's gifts. Son of a bitch! Irwin covered his mouth, his right shin throbbing. For a very brief moment, he thought he might just go home, but that all faded when he saw her standing on the front porch. She was Irwin's valentine. With a newfound smile and a slight limp, he hastily made his way over to her. Nice night, Leslie smiled. Oh, the nicest. Are those for me? As a matter of fact, they are. Irwin handed her the gifts. I saw these and thought of you. Oh, it was all you, huh? Leslie joked. It had nothing to do with everything we've been taught from pop culture and commercials? Not in the slightest, Irwin explained. I also got ones without nuts, just in case. Oh, Leslie paused. How sweet and, um, allergy conscious. 
They both laughed. But seriously, thank you, Leslie said, hugging Irwin. They're the key to a girl's heart. I know, Irwin smiled. Irwin waited for Leslie to put her gifts inside her house. Hand in hand, they walked to his car. This is so perfect. I've waited so long for this. Irwin entertained his thoughts as they strolled. Careful, Irwin warned, opening the car door for Leslie. Irwin jogged around the car and got in himself. In the mood for Italian? He asked. I suppose, but you look awful pale to be Italian. Leslie laughed, taking Irwin's hand as they drove off. Just a few miles down the road sat a lovely Italian restaurant that Irwin had made reservations for long in advance. Irwin parked without much searching, and to his own satisfaction, Leslie stayed put in her seat until he managed to make his way to open the door for her. He took her hand, and on they went to dinner. A window seat, to me, I thought would be best, Irwin explained. Perhaps more romantic and whatnot. Relax, everything's perfect, Leslie replied. She kissed Irwin on the cheek. You'd swear you've never done this before. They both laughed. Soon plates arrived and a bottle of wine was spent as they joked about their jobs and told stories of their past. God, she's beautiful. Irwin stared, half-heartedly listening to her go on about work. Oh, right, Irwin added, progressing Leslie's story. Man, I can't wait to get out of here. God, I could just sit here and listen to you all night, Irwin lied. Well, I couldn't, Leslie smiled. You want to get out of here? Irwin met her gaze as he gestured for the check. He knew that he'd been down this road a time or two, but it was so rare to find one as eager to get to the point as he was. It was refreshing, as it made it all the more easier for Irwin in the long run. Check paid. Cash. Leslie led Irwin out of the restaurant by hand and didn't stop until they reached the car. Flurries fell overhead, and Irwin spun Leslie around and pushed her back against his car. They kissed long and hard in the parking lot for all to see. They didn't care. It was one of those moments so rare, few and far between, when two people yearn for each other in such a way that everything else slips away. Leslie jerked her car door open. Let's go. Irwin shut the door behind her and swiftly made way for his own. Once seated, they kissed once more, long and hard, and then Irwin drove off toward Leslie's place. The whole ride back, neither Irwin or Leslie said a word. Though there was a strong tension that filled the air, Irwin just smiled, as he knew what was coming. No sooner than Irwin could turn off the car, Leslie was already kissing him and grabbing at his pants. Though pleasantly surprised, Irwin dared not do anything but follow her lead, for fear she'd shy away. Leslie was far too beautiful for Irwin to want her to stop, and he'd waited so long for a night like this, for his perfect St. Valentine's Day. Oh, what am I doing? Leslie pulled away. I swear, I'm never like this. It's okay. Trust me. It happens. Irwin and Leslie stared at one another until Leslie finally smiled. So, you want to come in? Irwin nodded and climbed out of the car as to get Leslie's door, a routine that even Irwin realized by now was much more of a gift from her to him to humor him. Hand in hand, they strolled up the sidewalk. Irwin waited as Leslie fumbled with her house keys as to unlock the door. Hands in his pockets, Irwin began to laugh. Shut up, I'm trying, Leslie groaned. Oh no, it's not that, Irwin explained. It's just that I've had a wonderful time with you. Oh? Leslie turned to face Irwin. I've had a wonderful time too. Leslie. Irwin pulled a gun from his jacket pocket. I've waited all night to do this. Irwin fired his gun. Leslie screamed. 
February 14th, present day. Tina watched from her upstairs bedroom window as her Valentine's Day date pulled up in his forest green luxury sedan. The car looked expensive, but that was partially why she'd even agreed to date again. A friend of a friend recommended him to be a nice guy, but that's how it always goes in the dating world. Knock, knock. Tina rushed downstairs at the sound of the knocking at her door. Obviously, it must be him. She jerked open her front door. Well, hello there, Tina said. Hello, beautiful. Erwin, you're early. I was still getting dressed, Tina explained. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I just had to see you, Erwin smiled. Does this make up for it? Tina gasped. Oh, how did you know I love red roses? Aw, and chocolates, too? Tina marveled at how sweet Erwin was. She held the door open for him. Well, you might as well come on inside. It's too cold out here, Tina smiled. Erwin stood with his hands deep in his pockets. Don't mind if I do, Erwin said, sneaking a kiss on Tina's cheek. Don't mind if I do. I want to take a minute and thank House of Horror, uh, S.E. Cox, and Stephen W. Roberts for participating in this podcast. I also want to thank you, the listener, because without you, there's no point in any of it. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, by feed, or by email at shadowcastaudio.com. Also, leave us feedback in the comments section or review us on iTunes. We have many more stories waiting in the wings. Our next podcast will be on March 18th, where I will introduce you to Nightblade magazine and give you one of their finer tales. I hope you'll be back for it. And if you have the means, please consider dropping us a couple bucks to help cover site and server costs. Our intro music was The Cove by The Contrarian. You can find more great selections at contrarianmedia.com. This episode was produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it, blog about it, pimp it all you want. Just don't change it or try to sell it. Thanks for listening. Stay well. Uh-huh.